stay. That's it. <laughs> the dog, she's yeah. out of control right now. She's part of the podcast, too. So don't even worry about it. Yeah, she would. But anyways, guys, we're back again with another Ridge to Ridge Outdoors podcast episode. We are. Yeah, here we go. It's the end of 2018 for us. We just rounded out the 2018 deer season, or at least me and Brandon did. There's still a couple of days left, right? Yeah, yeah. There's. It ends this Saturday, or it ends this Sunday, and today is Wednesday. Yeah, so. So we, I just, I don't think I'm going to be able to get out for the rest of the season. Yeah. I uh, got my mother-in-law's wedding Ooh, to go to on Sunday. That's exciting. Yeah. But yeah, the so I'm I'm pretty much working the, every weekend until 2019. So that's pretty much it for me. And me and Brandon were just we we had a good we had an okay hunt. So that was it. We're done. Yeah. yeah we well we so it all, we were gonna do all weekend. Yeah, that was the plan. Friday, was, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, it was the plan. Go out Friday night, get there, set up camp, camp, go Saturday morning. Hopefully, put something down. It doesn't happen hunt Saturday night. It doesn't happen then hunt Sunday morning. Yep. So stay out there again and then hunt Sunday morning and then, you know, try to fulfill it. Cause I knew that that was going to be like my last gung ho weekend Yeah. to go. And the same here, like we both agreed to it, but long story short, it ended up being a Friday, Saturday kind of hunt. And then we ended up packing out and ending the season. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking about wrapping things up with the end of 2018 coming around here, we just decided to say, hey, uh, let's just go ahead and recap 2018 for for whatever sake it's worth. It's going to be, you know, a recollection of memories. Of course, you guys wouldn't have been along for it, but we just wanted to start somewhere. So just kind of save it for ourselves. You know what I mean? Yep. So, I mean, 2018 has been a crazy year in my life, dude. Was it? Crazy, yeah. For the first time ever, I lost my job. Like, I was laid off. Yeah, I, you went through a tumultuous time. I, I did. It was... You were kind of lost. I was I kind of still, still am lost, but... You, I, you know, on the crazy thing, and I don't, I don't mean it to be... I don't, I don't mean to be disrespectful in any way when I say this, but I feel like you're better off now than you were at the shop. Oh, heck yeah, man. Because I, I can tell you, uh, let me recap for the customers, or for the customers. Well, there you go. Yeah, there you are. The, yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the audience here, like I used to be a supervisor at a gun shop, and it was a gun shop that I loved. Um, you know, I've been a gun enthusiast since I, was a, since I was a kid, and I bought my first gun from this gun shop, and then I bought pretty much every subsequent gun from this gun shop, and then all of a sudden I found myself back in Southern California and working as a supervisor at this gun shop and finding my love for archery at this shop. And, you know, long story short, we, you know, the shop ended up closing down and I ended up losing my job and being really, really lost. Like, of course the, the shop wasn't an end all be all for me. It's not what I want to do. It's not what I wanted to do, but it opened up a lot of doors for me. And it was something that I like, I loved to do every day and it, it was cool. It was a chill job. But uh, I lost that job, and uh, I was lost for a long time, and ended up finding myself and finding a bunch of different opportunities, and you know, developing my love for the outdoors even more. And now I'm here, hunting, fishing. Well, not fishing yet, but fishing is coming up. It's coming. Yeah, it's coming up. It's coming. And just overall being outdoors, like it's crazy like brandon you you've seen me at my worst when it comes to yeah this situation and i i never like i didn't realize it like i looked at you and i went oh that's patrick because every time you were around me you were still happy but then you would talk about the the darkness of actually what was going on about how you weren't able to pay your bills and your student loans were backpiling and you're going how am i going to pay for this and let the listeners know real quick that Working at the gun shop is not what you went to school for. No, it's not. You spent a, a, a S load of money to go to school and pay for yourself to be like some ocean bottom mapper. Yeah. Uh, I Well, we'll settle the debt right now. It's $28,000 right now. So that's how much I still have left to pay. Um, but I spent four years at California State University, Monterey Bay studying to be a marine scientist. So I have my bachelor's in marine science and my focus was in seafloor mapping and remote image sensing. 
So, yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's crazy. And lo and behold, you end up working at a gun shop. Yeah, exactly. Being a being a manager there, and now I now I have a podcast. I know, right? <laughs> Isn't that crazy how that works? Yeah, it's crazy how it's life crazy. works. Yeah, just full circle, man. It's like, that just goes to show all the listeners you can go to school for anything you want. doesn't mean you're going to end up doing it. Yeah, exactly. You know? The most important thing about, you know, doing that is finding what you want to do with your life and what you're passionate about. Because, you know, I was young when I went to school, you know what I mean? Like a bunch of millennials are young when they go to school and it's not really, nobody's really set up for success. Nobody tells you that, hey, college might not be the best option for you. Everybody just says, oh, are you going to go to college? No, I should have went to a trade school. I should have, right. I should have joined the labor force or mm-hmm. even joined the Navy. Like, hell yeah. man, I should, I should have done something yeah. different, but Lo and behold, I went to college and I have $30,000 in debt and I don't do anything related to it. However, I do have a different mindset on, or I have a more mature mindset than I think that I would. And I have a stronger work ethic because I went to college. Man, I'll tell you like that, that education you got, just like when we were hiking out on Saturday night, I was like, man, it hasn't rained in two days. Look at all this moisture on the ground. I'm like, it has to be the full moon. The full moon's pulling the moisture out of the ground. And you're like, no, yeah, that's exactly. not how that works. And I'm like, what? wait. Wait, <laughs> gravity, man, water, you know, and me, I dropped out of high school. I have a GED, man. Yeah. I didn't do a lick of college. Dude, it doesn't you matter. Know? It's about life experience. Well, right, you know, but you put me downwind of some deer. Yeah. Boy, yeah. they're in trouble. Yeah. We didn't yeah. get downwind of any deer that day. No. Last, this weekend, mm-hmm. we got downwind of a fawn and a spike, and that was it. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. And and I went down there with my A22 tag, which is an either sex tag. So what that what that means is you can shoot a doe, you can shoot a spike with three inch spikes or less, or you can shoot a buck, which is a forked horn buck or more, right? Yep. So that's a stick and a fork or better. Yep. Right. Counts. So it was dead. Yeah. Just dead. There was nothing. Nothing. And then eight thirty comes around, and lo and behold, here's a spike looking right at us. Yep. Well. Yep. Okay, this coming is, down the trail. Yeah, coming down the trail. Yeah. Me and me and Brandon, of course, are standing up and we're talking. Like yeah. it's it's one of those times where like you're sitting all morning. You're it's like you get down there at four thirty in the morning and you're like, wait, what time sunrise? Yeah, and what time shooting light? And then you're sitting there for like three hours, mm-hmm. cold, damp, yep. and just eyes and ears peeled. And then you know you get tired of sitting, so you stretch. And what usually happens when you stretch, you get a different vantage point, and then you see something. Yep. And that's exactly what happened to us. We uh, we got up and started stretching and talking, and sure enough, I see this uh, this this buck coming down, and I say, "Hey, Brandon, there's a buck coming." And uh, we and lo and behold, uh, he's got his he's got his, the sun in his eyes, and he's looking at us. And sure enough. It's the Ridge to Ridge Outdoor yeah, Spike. It is. It's the spike that's our uh, image. Yeah, on all of our podcasts and our social media and everything. That's that's going to be, I don't know what, where he's going to go. We don't even have a logo yet, but that's the, it was the Ridge to Ridge Outdoors buck, and you know, I was happy to see it. Listen, him. if he had a branch antler, I was going to shoot him. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was keen on it. I went down there to shoot anything illegal. Yeah. I wanted to fill my tag, and I had my bow in my hand and my release on that D-loop, and I was looking. And as soon as I saw it was a spike, okay, no go. And then he passed on and I went, there's no way that spike is alone. And, uh, there's a doe down there. She's so small. A little tiny. It is a yearling. Like it's, it's almost like it's a fawn with no spots. I mean, I, I really have never seen a doe this small. She's clearly a yearling and she probably just lost her spots. I don't know. She's probably part of the, the third cycle of the rut. I know there's a bunch of guys out there that say, oh, dear rut three times. You know, if they don't get pregnant in the first cycle, they go into heat again. You know, they don't get pregnant then. They'll go into estrus the third time. She gets knocked up on the third time. She's going to drop a fawn late. And if that fawn lives, you know, through the predators and whatnot, then she she's going to be extremely small come season. You know, she'd just be losing her spot. So that's probably what she is. But she got big old ears, cute little head. And she came down that trail, and I was like, I can't shoot her. Yeah, she's a little, she's she's so a little cute. cute. Yeah, we uh we have we have a ton of footage of her and that that spike buck. So I'll go ahead and roll that in, dude. It is they're an adorable pair together. Yeah. So it's so cute, man. And the reason why those two mean so much to me is because like they're the first real like 
real deer that I've ever been like close to. Well, yeah. When you first went in there, maybe it was the second time. Uh, it was the first time. You actually had those deer right in front of you. Yeah, literally right in front of us. Mm-hmm. Like seven, ten, seven yards. Yeah, it was so close. And they were looking right at us. Yeah, Mah. yeah, it was the a little doe made of whatever she did to us. And I was just like, oh man. Yeah, and that's those two will always be near and dear to my heart. Hopefully, I can kill that spike and get that. Uh, yeah. Next next year, next, next year. year when he's got he's got a fork. Maybe a forky. Yeah. You know. But uh, on with the rest of the recap, man. That. Dude, it's been a crazy season. I don't know how far back you want to go, but like, just like I was saying, it's been a crazy year for me in I, general in my life. I have never, that I'm aware of, I'll just bring this up. I have never, that I'm aware of, ever been so close to a mountain lion in my life as I was this year. Yeah. And I, I didn't know it until it was already over, but it was 11 yards behind me. Yeah, give, give the audience when, when where, who, so, what. So me and John from JP Outdoors, we have an early season here in September, the first part of A22. Typically opens up on the first uh, Saturday of the month, or the second Saturday, first or second Saturday. of. Anyways, it's the first season in San Diego County, and you can archery hunt. Well, we were up in our local mountains on top, and there's a bull in there that we like to hunt. And uh, it's really cool. They burned up there a few times, so it's pretty open. And you get up there before the sun comes up, and you'll catch the deer moving out as the sun's coming up they're going to bed because super hot you know it's it's not ideal hunting conditions well me and john we split up john's maybe 100 yards to my west and i'm to the east on a point looking into this little draw and they'll funnel through and you can catch them ambush them or make a play on them however you want to go about it if they're coming through well it's probably 6 30 summertime sun's up you yeah. know and uh <laughs> I'm sitting there looking and then John texts me, you got a lion right behind you. And I'm like, yeah, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Cause John, John, he BSs a lot. Yeah, he's, you know, he's a joker. He's a joker. And I'm going, yeah, right. You know, I mean, I know there's lions everywhere out here. We have a huge lion problem, but the fact that if he saw it, you know, and he's texting me, Oh, I saw a lion, you know, it's right behind you as if like, it's still there, mind you. And I'm like, what? Like, and I instantly look. Like, I instantly look. Like, at my phone. And I go, yeah, right. You know, and then I just subconsciously, like, dude, that's just natural reaction. I look behind me. Yeah. I don't see anything. But what I do see is John standing right there with a white face. Yeah. Like, he was, I don't know, by then he was probably 80 to 60 yards from me, right? And I mean, I look back and he's looking right at me with his bow in his hand and he has like this blank face, like monster lion, you know, and I walk up to him and I'm looking around and and I'm like, dude, like, what are you talking? He's like, Brandon, I swear to God, you had a lion right behind you. That is so crazy, dude. And, And I could tell by his like voice. Like he was being serious, you know, like, and and people have encounters with lions all the time. Typically they don't do anything, but the fact that it didn't come head on and, uh, he actually showed me where it walked up and I went and I saw the prints. I mean, yeah, they were monstrous. Yeah. Monster pop prints. Yeah. I mean, these head biters, man, they, they jump on, I, I don't know. I just have a big, I don't like them. Yeah. I don't think, and I don't think anybody does like them except for the government. Yeah, that's it. Fishing game, loves them. <laughs> yeah, fishing game loves them. You know, I mean, you know, this is what I will tell you: fishing game. It's not fishing game's fault. It's not because the people of California voted that in. Yeah, they did. So. You know, and to be completely honest with you, fishing game, they hire federal trappers to come in and take care of them. I mean, they do have deprivation permits on lions, you know, and and fishing game does take care of the problem lions. So it's not like no lions are being taken out, like. They are being taken out of the population and they would imagine that they're keeping them down to the numbers that they want them. But you know, all I hear every year is the lion problems getting worse. I keep finding lion kills, lion kills. I roll up on them all the time. And, uh, it, I feel like I find more now than I ever have. And I don't know if that's because I'm just hunting where lions are. Yeah. You know, with, with my, experience in hunting i'm um, getting into more and more game which 
naturally would have more and more predators, you know? So if I'm running into lions or like more game, then naturally there's going to be more lions. Yeah. It makes so sense. You, you're going to find more kills, but I, I think there needs to be a balance there. I think there does too. Like for those of you who, those, for those of you who don't know the dangers of mountain lions, like they're like any big cat out there. They're the top of the food chain and they are, they're, they're excellent hunters. I mean, and, they they've been known to attack people and attack hunters and what they do is they just get somewhere high and they happen to funnel their prey down and or just wait for their prey and they just jump on their backs yep. from above and they bite their heads they're head biters yeah head and neck biters man yeah, i'm telling you come up on lion kills the faces are gone yeah i mean it's, you know it's a lion kill when you roll up on a buck right a dead head and the nose is gone yeah smooshed it's gone yep just it's almost like it's chewed right off mm-hmm. you know and that's because they'll bite him in the muzzle to try to suffocate him or they bite anything they can you know i mean if they could do it i'm they're efficient killers yeah they are i mean they're they're, they're top dog they don't it doesn't get more efficient than that really you know i mean they say the most deadly predator in the world is a standard house cat yeah you know, it is it, it, it'll kill it'll kill its body weight in birds and yeah, yeah, yeah every day if it, <laughs> if it could if yeah. it if it had the interest to but like for those of you who don't know, these cats are big. They're like 185 pounds, yeah. and like that's a that's a big. How much cat. do you weigh? I weigh 126 pounds. So, so if a head biter got on me, dude, yeah. I would be hard pressed to put up a good fight against it. Yeah, the only thing you could do is flail like flail your yeah. arms, yeah. you know. And and for me, I mean, I'm close to 200 pounds. I'm six foot two, but they would still I I. Like deep down inside, I think that if the opportunity was right and the situation was right, yeah, a cat would totally jump on. Yeah, you. it would. I mean, or they, if you just spook it, like I mean, yeah, heck, get you. like a reaction out of yeah. it to come at you, like not necessarily to, to to like kill you, but just to attack you. Mm-hmm. You know, like get out of whatever. I I don't know, man. It's it's a scary proposition. Yeah. I know. I know. John has had a face to face encounter. Yeah, four yards walked right up on him, mm-hmm. straight towards him. Yeah, he was in his blind and uh, in the you know, early morning, and he just walked up on it. He, he thought it was a doe. Yeah, just walking straight up mm-hmm. to him. He goes, it was the moonlight, I could see it, and he thought it was a doe, and it was walking, and then he goes, oh, wait, he saw like the, the tail, like the length of the, the cat, yeah. and he goes, oh, this, and he stood up like, oh, my God, and this cat didn't even run off. It looked at him, turned around. And walked off. Yeah, dude. He was like, but oh, well, I guess I'm not that hungry right now. If he would have stayed on the ground. Yeah. It's like. It could I, be a totally different story. It could be story. a totally different story. Because I would imagine that him standing up, the cat went, all right, well, it's bigger than what I thought it was. Yeah. And I don't really want to tackle this thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Because, I mean, they, they're they're animals. So they got a the risk to reward. Where we're at, there's tons of deer. Ton, you know, deer don't necessarily put up a crazy fight i mean they jump on their back they bite them in the neck they bite them in the spine you know bite them in the back of the head i mean they're they're keen on killing deer i mean that's what they're living on right and everything Mm -hmm. else but then you see a bipedal homo sapien stand up that can flail its arms i don't know you know i mean situations got to be right for a cat to want to jump on you but it does happen yeah it does you know it's it's not unheard of no and you had one of those right behind you this year right behind me and it doesn't this is the thing. It sinks in after the fact. Yeah. Like I solo hunt all the time. I go out all the time. Like John was there. He saw the whole thing unfold. So if John wasn't there, first of all, I'd have never known the cat was there unless it jumped on me. Mm-hmm. And then if it jumped on me, I wouldn't have known it was on me until it was on me. Yeah. You wouldn't, you'd have been like, what the heck? And then I, pain and bam, getting nailed. And who knows how it all goes down. But when you're, a mile or two in and you're solo. Yeah. And you know cats are around. It just makes the hair on my back and my neck stand up. That's all it does. It it scares the S out of me because it's 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 reality. Yeah, it is. That that's a that's a potential. And everybody that listens to this that hunts anywhere or just goes outside, walks their dog, should be aware of the lions in our neck of the woods. Yeah. Especially if you're a pet owner, like, dude, it's, 
your pets aren't really that safe. Like oh, you no. might you might live in suburbia, mm-hmm. dude, but the urban population of coyotes even mm-hmm. is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy because there, I have a good buddy, Jim, right? And Jim's mom lives in a community where he tells me it's an elderly community. It's a 55 and up or whatever. The people walk their dogs early morning at late at night. The coyotes run and jump at the people <sighs> to get them to let their leashes go. That is so they can take in, their that is little Pomeranians off. Yeah. They, insane. They've learned how to scare people to let go of the leash. So the other dog, the other yoke can grab the little pup and run away the little Pomeranian or whatever it is, you know? I mean, Oh God, man, that's insane. It's just, they're just just adapting to their environment. Nature finds a way, dude. Nature finds a way. And that reminds me of a story that I learned from a guy earlier this year. I was shooting my bow out where we used to shoot over at the wash. Uh, I was shooting at like 60 yards and he was shooting a shotgun, getting ready for quail season. Um, or, and he like at the end of his shoot, he comes up to me and we start talking and he's like, you see any yotes around here? And I'm like, no, I've, I've seen a couple of them here and there, but none, none within the past couple months. And he's like, well, are you interested in hunting them? And I was like, heck yeah, that'd be awesome. And he's like, I'll give you a little secret and don't share this with anyone in Southern California. But, uh, <laughs> he was like, the best luck I've had is going out in like early evening slash right when it gets dark and get bringing a dog squeaker toy and squeaking it in the bushes dude and the the coyotes think oh there's a dog over there you know because they know the sound of a, a dog squeaking a squeaky toy in a backyard they know it and this is this is like so to to give everyone insight of where this is this is literally right behind a housing community yeah it's unincorporated riverside county but unincorporated riverside county but slid like literally right up to suburbia. Yeah. That's so, just how urban sprawl is down here. It's just, gosh, it's crazy. So, yeah. You could, you could just stay 150 yards away, go out in an open field as long as it's not posted or fenced or cultivated and you can have at it. Yep. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. just normal law, but it's, it's crazy how close, how, how far you think the wild is when really the wild is right next to us in case of our situation, in case of where we live in Southern California, it's, it's one of those things that you don't really realize until it happens to you, until you have a neighbor who loses their dog or cat to a coyote. Well, I see lost dog postings in my neighborhood all the time. Me and my me and my chick were walking our dog, man, and a coyote come running down with a cat in its mouth. I mean, it was trucking, and it, it just zipped right by. I mean, it's just predators eating, eating what they can get. Yeah, to be honest, I've seen more coyotes in suburbia this year than I have in the wild. Yeah. Yeah, like just running from golf park to you know, or golf course to neighborhood to well yeah i mean think about it we got like uh what's that marietta hot springs there's that golf course right there and um th- those coyotes just run back and forth feeding on cats dogs coots in the ponds mm-hmm. whatever they get there get you know my buddy jesse ate steel town um i'm sure we'll have them on here at some point stupid dog i'm sure we'll have them on here at some point uh he we were duck hunting a pond that, um, it's like urban duck hunting. It's really cool. He watched a coyote jump into the water after a coot. <laughs> that doesn't make right. any sense. Check this out. And he was quick enough on his gun to throw a slug in it and bust that coyote. Holy cow. Yeah. Dude. A couple years ago it happened. You know, it literally jumped in the water after a coot, got the coot. Hopped out, and as it was shaken off, he had enough time to throw a slug in his gun and bust him. That's a skilled, hundred yards. That's out. a skilled shooter right there, dude. I've seen I a, can't wait to meet I've, him. I've seen a. He's a good shot with a shotgun. I seen him hit a steel plate at two fifty with his eight seventy pump with what? a bead on the with end. a bead on the front. With a bead standard off the off the shelf eight seventy. Boom. Yep. Oh my goodness. I've seen it happen. He's just a good shot. Well, I, mean, I guess we're going to the range. Yeah, I mean he's a he's a good instinctual shot, you know. And he just knows it drops. I don't know. I don't. He's clearly done it more often than not. But the fact that he laid a coyote down at 100 yards, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's you know? awesome, dude. With his pump, with a bead. But with that, with that story of a seal town, dude, it just man, dude. This year, I spent either a lot of time on the range or no time at all. It was like I went through months of being at the range two or three times a week, right. and then going like two or three months without going. Right. And like it just. 
like shooting is really important to me and it is a perishable skill and I want to get better at it in 2019. But I had, you know, it was just a shaky year for me, but I'm glad that I found the passion and the things that I, I, I found this year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be, you found like you've been wanting to hunt for a while ever since I've known you, yeah. but then you actually put, put your shoes to the ground and you got after it, you know? And, uh, I think you've developed a love for the outdoors even more than what you had prior to starting hunting. Oh, 100%. And you'll never lose it. Like once you get the bug, you'll never lose it. Yeah. I mean, it's in my blood now. It's amazing. Yeah. It's a hundred. It's to those who are uninitiated, to those of you who have never hunt, but you call yourselves outdoorsmen. Like I, I implore you to hunt because it just opens up your mind to a totally different thing that, I just can't even explain it. It like unlocks, it unlocks a part of you, a part of being a, a human, like the most carnal portion in your brain that rewards you for seeking your own food and being a predator. Yeah. And it, it like, I'm 26 years old and I've never felt that before. And it like, it like, it literally opened my eyes and opened my mind to something I've never felt before. It's instinctual. Yeah. It's, it, gosh, it's that's, in your blood to do this it is it is it's in your blood to do it and you don't you don't realize that you can do it and that it's in you to do it until you've done it yeah you know and that's the truth and i've i've been like i told you in previous podcasts like i've been training for the last year to be to hunt Mm -hmm. and then nothing prepares you for you know buck fever that heart race. Yeah. Nothing prepares you for the adrenaline. Nothing prepares you for the things that you learn in the field. You know, it's funny. <clears throat> you know how, like if someone it's, I mean, it's not funny. If someone goes down, they pass out. Boom. People always like touch their neck, like yeah. jugular to see if their blood's pumping, see if their heart's pumping. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where I feel it. I stand in there with my bow drawn, whatever the deal is. I'm sitting there like this mm-hmm. and, and I feel it. I feel it in my neck. I feel it in my chest. I feel it in my arms. Like it's, it's, it's insane. Yeah. And, and that's like something like biological. It is. That is something that is like, it's almost like fight or flight. Yeah. It's a shot of adrenaline. That's what, that's what it is. Yeah, it's like it's a shot of adrenaline. And I don't know if that's like our instincts saying, because instinctually, our bodies don't know what a bow is. No. They, they know what your hands are. And we know how at, when you're born, you swing your arms as a baby. Like, you know how to hit, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think when you're locked on and you become a predator in that very moment, mm-hmm. your body tells you, get ready to fight. Yeah. It's the situation and your understanding of what needs to happen and what's going right. to happen. You tunnel vision in and you your body's preparing to go to combat with that animal to take it down. Yeah. That's what I, I feel like that's what it is to me. That's how I can best describe what buck fever is. Now, granted, we're not jumping on that buck. No, we're not. We're not jumping on that doe or that pig or that bear, you know, but you know, when you're a caveman and all you had was a spear, you had to get two feet from this thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and you need to have all your energy right there, all that adrenaline. You need to be able to do what you need to do. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where that comes from and that's what it's for. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And it just goes to show you like one example of the, your perception of the situation is the difference between a rifle hunter and a bow hunter. Like you, you might not be 30, you're at 30 yards versus 300, but the buck fever is still there because you understand what needs to happen and how it's going to get done and the stakes that are at risk. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? You know what the stakes are. If, if if it happens, you get that animal. And if you don't, you just you have to do it all over again. Yeah. And that's something that I didn't realize until this year. Like it, it's like my eyes opened. And how many how many deer deer kills have you been a part of this year? Good. Dude, a lot. I think five. The, yeah, five. The, in your first year. In my first year, I've been part of five kills. Dude, I didn't see my first dead deer till like my third year. That's too long. I, I know, <laughs> but I, that's what, and I told you down in the valley, I told you, 
when, you know, me, you and John were down there, I told you, I'd said, look, man, the experience you're getting right now, so many people would kill for. Yeah. Like you're, you're going out with two guys that have been hunting for a while that know the ropes for the most part. You know, we always still learn. We're never not learning. We, we don't know it all. Nobody knows it all, but I've been hunting for a while. John's been hunting for a while. And to be able to come in and have us take you under our wings and show you what we know, that takes people years. Yeah. You guys are cutting so much off of the learning yeah. curve. And you've been a part of five deer kill this year, right? Mm-hmm. So you've seen five deer take dirt naps. Yep. Just the butchering skills alone. Yeah. Like field dressing and quartering animals out. I think I got it down. I think I got the I got the quartering. It's the it's the detail work that I need to. Yeah, I mean it takes time. Yeah, but it's all. I mean, like you saw, John put his deer down, mm-hmm. and dude, it was like five minutes. Me yeah, and we just, just got to yeah, unzipped it. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it just you just do what you got to do, and you figure it out. But it, it's amazing. Yeah, like I love the fact that because you're the first person that I've ever actually like been able to show yeah. and teach. Yeah, you're a mentor. Yeah, I, I've never done that before. And I didn't even go into this thinking like, oh, I'm going to teach about it. I didn't know. I'm going, hey, my buddy wants to hunt. Let's go. Yeah. You know, and it just so happens that, you know, we go in deep enough and we have a decent area that we're going to see game and you're able to see it firsthand instead of having, we like gave you the shortcut. Yeah, exactly. You, know, like you, you, you guys took a lot of hard knocks out, but I still learned a lot. Oh, yeah. Of, I still, and I told you down there too. I said, hey, look, dude, you're not going to realize what you learned until next season. Yeah. You know, it's like my old foreman. He told me all the time we would work job after job after job. And he'd always tell me, you learn something new every job. And you just don't know you've learned it until the next job. Yeah. Until you come across that situation again. And then you know you learned it because you do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's the same thing with hunting. I mean, there's a lot of ups and downs, man. I've had a, I've had a lot of hard seasons. Yeah. Like I have. So how would you rate this season? I set out to fill three deer tags. I filled one, but it's still a success. Yeah. It's an amazingly good season for me because I was able to be there on your first, uh, your first experience with a deer. Granted, it didn't go the way you wanted it and I wanted it, but it still happened yeah. and I was there yeah, and we I were watched there. it. We were I, there together. Yeah. I saw the excitement on your face and that to me was worth both of my deer tags. Yeah. You that's know? crazy. Thank and, you. Thank you so much. I, I'm Randy. telling you, man, like being able to go out and develop deer camp, like yep. we developed our deer camp. Like it wasn't something that we had already in place. Right. We, we were hiking in every day. Like every morning we would get up stupid early and we would hike in. And then one day I was like, screw this, man. We got to start camping in here. Yeah. Well, now we camp in there. Now we got a deer camp. We call it deer camp. And it just, it, it makes the experience of hunting for me that much better. Yeah. Because you're actually, you're, you're giving yourself time to enjoy the outdoors. Yes. Yeah. Instead of figuring, hey, I need to go from point A to point B in right. X amount of time, and this is what I need to get done. Right. What Deer Camp does, and what you know, taking your time does in general, is just allows you to say, hey, what have I been missing? And there have been so many times on our hike in and out of Deer Camp and in and out of the mountain that, like, I, I just find myself slowing down and looking around and being like, wow, this place is so beautiful. It's amazing. Yeah, and. Like I said the same thing out in Utah and it's just because Utah is different than what I'm used to. Yes, of course it's beautiful, but now that I've taken the time in my own backyard, I see just the beauty that I've been walking mm-hmm. past every single yeah. time, just trying to get from point A yeah. to B, point B. Yeah. So back to the original question of where I rate this season, I was like, man, it's a hundred percent. Yeah. It's, 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 so, it's a great season. Great it was season. such a success for me. It, it was just, I mean, as a group, our, our group, JP Outdoors, Ridge Ridge Outdoors, you know, we, we put a lot of deer down. Yeah. We put a lot of miles down too. Oh yeah. Tons of miles. And I, I don't mean to sound egotistic when I say put a lot of deer down. Like that's not what I mean. But what I mean is the amount of meat we got to share with our friends and family to me, it's it's amazing, you know. It it's amazing to me that we were able to go out, 
have the opportunity, be able to put our hard work that we put in in the off season, whether that be working out, eating right, staying in shape, working those long hours to save the money to go do this kind of stuff. When all that is uh, put together and it's a success and we're able to feed our friends and family with the deer that gave their lives for us to do this, to me, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. It, uh, it doesn't get any more special than that. Yeah. And you know, it's the camaraderie and just yes. sharing, sharing the experience. Yeah. Not just the days that you're out there, but the, the weeks afterwards with, mm-hmm. with sharing the meals with people and sharing the stories and too. sharing the stories. Yeah. I mean, these are memories that will stick. We'll be talking about this season until next season. Yeah. And during exactly. next season, we're still going to be talking about this season. Yeah. The season before this season, before you were hunting, me and John still talk about that season. Yeah. Like there's the stories stick with you, you know? And overall, this season was probably my best season. Even though I didn't accomplish my goals, because I, I, I've never, I've never taken one deer in a season, whether that be out of state or in San Diego. Like it just hasn't happened for me, right? And and I want to do it to say I can do it, right? As a hunter, I want to prove to myself like you're an efficient hunter. Yeah, I know without a doubt this season I could have filled both my San both my San Diego tags. I could have. I had the opportunities. But I chose not to. For one, I wanted you to get a deer. Yeah. So all of my opportunities that I went out with you until this past weekend, I was like, I'm getting Patrick a deer. Like, I've already taken a deer. I already had a deer from Utah. I have meat in my freezer, right? I'm not selfish. My, my wife said, why do you want to kill so many deer? Like, why do you want to fill two deer tags? You know, and I explain it to her. And she goes, but that's selfish. You know, you have friends that haven't taken deer. I go, you're absolutely right. You know, and this was, this was two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm like, listen, you know, at a certain point I go, listen, (laughs) they had their opportunities and my season's ending. So I want to try to fill my second tag. Yeah, of course. But I don't, I don't need, I don't, dude, I don't, I don't need to be the guy with 20 racks on my wall with time. That'll happen, but I don't need to do it now. Like I don't, I mean, I don't have social media. The only social media I have is what you do for Ridge Ridge Outdoors, and that's because I'm a part of it. Yeah. But I don't I don't have access to it. I told you specifically, ah, I don't want to have access to it. You know, I, I'm not a, that's a whole nother issue, right? I, I don't necessarily like the stuff that comes along with it. Anyways, long story short, you handle all that stuff, but I know there's people out there that want the biggest deer, want the biggest elk. You know, they they wanna they wanna kill monsters booners right and mm-hmm. that's all they want they'll pass on small deer man i'll tell you what if it's my turn to hit that release or hit the bang switch if it's legal i'm doing it yeah exactly i, I want the meat man to me being able to go patrick here's a tenderloin yeah that's that's Take crazy this home to your family yep and you go thanks man you know that that brings joy to me yeah like granted I shoot a buck with a nice rack. I'm going to celebrate that buck mm-hmm. and I'm going to get a Euro mount or I'm going to get a full mount and it's going on my wall just like it did with my Utah buck. That's what I did. It's what I'd done with my Idaho deer, right? It's what we did with my first San Diego deer. It, it is what I will do, but hunting to me just, it is, it is, I, I don't know. It's so much more. It's so much more than just killing a deer, dude. It's so much more than what most people think of when they think of hunting. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest goals that we have with this podcast is to show people, like, one, like, to chop the learning curve for them. Like, you did with me, I want to do with other people. Because, hey, dude, it sucks learning the hard way. Mm -hmm. And two, to show people that it's more than meets the eye. Like... There are so much. There's so many more things to enjoy about being outdoors than just an Instagram photo or a picture or a podcast mm-hmm. or a video or some something that gets you a like or a favorite or whatever. It's about finding something in yourself because that situation that you put yourself in enabled you to do that. And just like unlocking that adrenaline, you know, from from getting ready to shoot an animal 
you know, to finding the calm of being in the forest, you know, or embracing the suck of oh, man. 20, 22 or 27 degrees and, you know, at three o'clock in the morning. Yep. But that's the entire purpose. And that's, you know, that's what I love about what we're doing, Brandon. Yeah. Like with 2018 rolling up, like this is one of my favorite things. It's amazing. Yeah. And it is. That's kind of a spoiler for one of our future podcasts. We're going to be doing some favorite, some things that we love. But, um, man, twenty eighteen is it is, was it's it's here. It's it's come and going. Yeah, it's almost over. It we've got a few days left. As I look back on twenty eighteen, I'm just I'm glad I was able to experience the outdoors for another year. All of this could end tomorrow. It can. I mean, I. I work in the, I work in a dangerous field, you know, I mean, you work in a crazy field, high heights, yeah. bunch of stuff. We can get hit by a car, small, take a night trash. It don't yeah. matter. I can just, fall off a ladder. Yeah. And, and I just want everybody that's listening to don't get caught up in the daily grind. Yeah. There's so much more to there life is. than that. And, and one of the most beautiful things that I've learned in 2018 is when I started getting back into shape and I started running, I learned to just be one with myself quiet. Yeah. Like I learned to embrace being quiet to my own thoughts. Some people say, Oh, you know, like to me, I talk to myself when I run, like I'm like in my head, just going through my thoughts. Like mm -hmm. I, and then I catch myself talking to myself like, Oh, this situation, I should have reacted differently not necessarily hunting, but in everyday life, you yeah. know, in, interacting with this person or that person or whatever it may be, like you run through those thoughts. But for the listeners, I, I want them to realize that if you can just give yourself 10 minutes a day to just sit back in a quiet place, go out in your garage, get away from your family for 10 minutes and just relax. Yeah. Meditate. I, yeah. If that's what you want to call, I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, I would mean, I would call it meditation. I, I However, it like I know totally what you're talking about, but I yeah, it's a great challenge for our listeners to just find ten minutes of your mm -hmm. time to focus on your mind. Right, you'll have a clear outlook if you do it every day. You have a more clear outlook on life. Yeah, you do because you're alone. Like you, you get time to yourself, and I know that's easier said than done. I don't have kids. Like the only thing I got is a dog that I just yell at and she comes running. You know. I mean, I whistle and she literally comes running. Yeah. It, it, I don't have a four year old screaming and tearing books off the shelf and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But even, even then, if you do have that going on in your life, we challenge you to try to find time. Just try it. And then walk. Yeah. Walk, baby steps, walk, jog, and then run. Yeah. And get into running, get into fitness. Yeah. And you'll be surprised where you end up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> put you and John shame packing that deer out. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You know, it's all training, man. And it all adds up. It all adds up. It does, you know, and, but yeah, it all adds up. Just do a little bit of it at a time and you'll be surprised where you end up mentally and physically. Like the biggest thing with, with Brandon and I, is we get into that meditation state when we're outdoors. Yeah. Because we put ourselves in that situation where you get rid of all the distractions and it's just you. Mm -hmm. so it's it's nice it it's nice to have a clear mind going into the mountains it's just nice to to figure out yourself and to really evaluate your worries because like i don't know about you guys like or about you in general like i worry a lot and it also we had a conversation in in deer camp where john was saying dude i wish i had your problems because mm -hmm. comparatively they're they're you know it's it's nothing and it word for word was Patrick, your problems aren't problems. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it's true because the things that I worry about, they're, they're just, they're little things in the big scheme of it. But that know? comes with life though. Yeah, it does. As you get older and as you experience more and more problems, the problems you thought you had aren't necessarily the biggest problems you've ever had. And, yeah, and then you not. learn to deal with them better when they come up again. Yeah. It's all you need a frame of reference. Mm -hmm. So, and every problem you go through develops that frame. Mm -hmm. you know? But for right now, I just, I don't have my frame of reference or I don't have the same frame of reference that you and John do. Well, that's, 
Is it because, I mean, I'm... Because everybody lives a different I'm, life. Yeah, I'm 32, and I've been on my own since I was 17. Yeah. You know? I mean, a lot of people, a lot of listeners, I'm sure it was the same thing. I'm not saying I'm special by saying, oh, I was on my own by 17, but, I mean, I dropped out of high school. I'm paying rent, you know? I mean, it, was, it kind of went down the, the road of hard knocks, you know? And it developed me into the person and the man I am today, and I wouldn't trade that for the world, but, you know... It goes back to my frame of reference is different than yours. Yeah. Just because the life I've lived, you know, and, it, and yours is different than mine. Doesn't mean you're bad or anything. Doesn't mean you're, you don't deal with your problems correctly or anything, you know, it's just one of those things. Yeah, it right. is. Getting back on topic. Where do you rate 2018? 2018, like, like when I started this, this podcast, it was one of the roughest of my life. Like, 2018 was a hard, hard year for me. Like I learned a lot about myself and a lot about what I want to do and who I want to be, which is fantastic. Like I'm one of the people who will always see the good, you know, within the bad, but I always still see the bad. Like 2018 sucked for me, man, but I, I would not have wanted to skip this year if I could, if I can go back in time, I would relive this year because the things that I learned and the way that I learned them they make me so much better of a person. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I challenge the audience to do is to go out on a limb and do something that you've always wanted to do. Like Brandon, I, I told you, like when you said you wanted to start a podcast, I said, dude, I have everything I need to, I I have everything we need to start a podcast. And we just got it rolling with the stuff that I had. And all of a sudden now look at where we are. Yeah. We have Absolutely. a podcast. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. And you will like you won't know where you're at until you take the first step and until you really dive into it head first. Right. Because dude, there's been so many times where I've looked at all the stuff that we currently use to podcast and I said, Oh, maybe maybe next next time I'll use that or maybe I'll find some time to use it or whenever it may be, but just do it because life is so finite. It's, oh, yeah. it's such a small blink and why not grow yourself into a better person to use the tools that you have available to you and learn how to use them better. And it's just, dude, it's, it seems so simple, but it's, it's something that people just throw by the wayside so often. It's like so many people have musical instruments in their home where they have a digital camera or a DSLR that they, you know, they don't know how to shoot with or take family photos with, but Dude, learn how to do it. Yeah. Learn how to play the instrument. Learn how to take photos. Learn how to speak a different language. Just or, get after it. Yeah, get after it. And that's what it just get after it. That's yeah. how that's how I learned how to hunt. I just got after it, man. Yeah. And that's you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna you're gonna mess up and you're gonna feel like an idiot sometimes and there's gonna be times where you, you kick yourself in the butt because you made a mistake. But make sure you step back and realize that you should be glad that you made the mistake because you're trying, you're putting yourself out there. Right. What about where you want to be in 2019 hunting wise, hunting wise. Okay. I thought you were going to widen it out. 2019, we're going to be killing animals in different states. I'll tell you that much. Yep. After after the Utah hunt, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. The California season may be short, but that's the California season. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of animals out there, yeah, especially there with the networking that we can do with, um, with who we know and Ridge Ridge Outdoors. Like, we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna do some uh, hunting out of state. Yeah, in I, 2019, I do not doubt it for a second. Uh, I know that that's probably gonna be. I'm going to hunt two or three times out of state next year. Dang. 2019 for sure. Yeah, we've got big plans for 2019. Yeah, I'm gonna hopefully um, draw the Wasatch in Utah with my bow for bull elk. And if I don't, great, I'll grab a um, a spike only tag and get up there. And I'll probably do another general season deer hunt up there. Yeah, because that, that you know? general season that we did was awesome. It was so fun. Yeah. It was so fun, you know, and just getting away from home. Yeah. It was great. I, uh, depending on 
what I decide to do with my California points. I may put in for X9A again. I have six points. I should be able to draw that, which is up by Bishop. Mm-hmm. Um, beautiful be, country. Yep, beautiful country. That'll be a cool rifle season hunt. And then I'll put in for A22 down here along with you, and John will do so as well. I'm assuming you're probably going to put in for A22 and D16. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what I'm going to put in for. And then you'll probably do the general rifle with me up there. South Slope, Yellowstone again. Yeah. And then you won't have the points to draw the Wasatch. But if you draw it, dude, I'm going to be oh, there. Yeah. I'm going to be there behind the camera. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to have you there. Yeah, I'm going to. Me, you, and Matt, and if John's coming, man, it'd be a great hunt. Yeah, I'm going to be supporting all you guys, dude. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be great. But, you know, if I don't draw that, then I'm sure me, you, and John are going to pick up some spike only or maybe go to like an any bull unit out of utah yeah that'd be and, awesome and try to put a couple elk down with our bows mm-hmm. it'll be um i heard that's a totally different experience i heard that's only unlike anything on the planet i'm sure it is <laughs> you know i'm sure it is man i uh i've dreamt about arrowing a bull i've just i've dreamed about it yeah. When I when I first started bow hunting, that's I would get on YouTube after work and sit there and watch YouTube videos of people arrowing bulls <sighs> and calling them in and just going, it's so majestic. Man. Yeah, five hundred pound animal, king of the forest, dude, just rolling up on you. Wild. Yeah, I want to do it. Yeah, I want to do it, and I and I don't want to do it. I mean, granted, I'd love to get a big bull. I'd love to, but I'm. I'm not naive. <laughs> like my first year, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm There's going to be some hard knocks. We're gonna we're gonna bump some yeah. stuff. And I, I'm gonna shoot the first legal bull I can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, come dude. on, man. Heck I, yeah. I'm not. I'm not a trophy hunter. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, and I don't pride myself in being so. Yeah. We're you gonna, know, we're gonna take everything that we learned this year, and then we're gonna try to apply it. We're glass and move, glass and move, and mm-hmm. hopefully we take all of our camping knowledge and we say, hey, well, let's let's buy camp. Oh, Let's great. keep it on you the know, move. I want I want to hunt bulls in the in the rut and have Matt on the bugle, mm-hmm. the bugle tube, and I want to arrow one coming in, trying yeah. to find some cows. That's a you know? that's a big twenty nineteen goal, dude. I I have no I have no doubt that if we put our minds to it, we're gonna do it. Oh, we're gonna yeah. get I think big, we can do We're it. gonna get a big bull down. Yeah, I'm I'm sure we can do it. You know, um, I'm just looking forward for two thousand nineteen in general. Yeah, me too. You know, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where I I eat, breathe, and sleep hunting. Like outside of my wife, that's what my life consists of. Is is legitimately hunting. That that's I mean in the off season, I'm looking to hunt pigs. I mean I, I hunt ducks all the way to January thirty first. You know, so literally from September to January thirty first. I'm hunting. Regardless of what I'm hunting, I'm hunting. Yeah. And that's just who I am and what I do, you know? And it's been that way for a long time. So in the off season, if I can get on a pig hunt, I'll do it. You know, I really like the public land pig hunting. That in California, I mean, that's a challenge in itself. I, good luck. But it's just fun to get out there yeah. and scout new new terrain and and new areas just getting yourself out there and getting yourself in the mindset of figuring out this is the goal that i have and this is how i'm gonna do it it it'll make you better than than all the people sitting down at their computers watching youtube videos man oh yeah because it's that that experiment that experience that you have personally of actually going and doing even if you're not successful in terms of taking an animal dude the experience that you gain by tracking and learning their environment and learning the habitat and learning that that portion of you know land is just it's fundamental to being a hunter absolutely one more thing real quick all right this is kind of a long podcast by the way sorry this is supposed to be quick <laughs> let me do a little editing yeah we'll, we'll chop it down what is while hunting one thing that stands out or like the most memorable experience this year you had Ooh, the most memorable experience. That's a tough one. Yeah, because after you go, I'm going to go. Yeah. I mean, it could be anything. I, I mean, in anything during hunting season. Like, what, what stands out to you 
you know, like it's gonna... the first thing that comes to my mind is the day that John shot the deer that I couldn't shoot, and just the the thoughts going through my head while we were hiking out of deer camp was just like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot, I'm so dumb, how did I not do that? And then that solidified the idea to be better, to be stronger, to work harder, to to get my bow and get my equipment squared away and get myself squared away because I n- was never going to let that happen again. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That had a lasting impact. Yeah, it was. It was it was a tough one. It was a tough hike. It was it was a tough mental hike. But what about you, man? Mine without a doubt was when we were at 11,200 feet in Utah overlooking Hellhole Canyon and just looking at the vastness of that wilderness and realizing how small we are as a species. Yeah, we're tiny. We're tiny. Like, I was looking into the vastness of that forest and it was so thick, just trees, pine trees, right? It was just so thick. And then on the other hand, on the other side of the mountain, it was just like barren. It was just two different stark contrasts of like landscape, but it was so big. And we go to these crazy metropolitan areas, like a downtown Los Angeles or like San Diego or, or whatever, a, a metropolitan area. And you go, all these people have no idea how small they are. Yeah. And, and it, it's never put into perspective until you're in the environment like that. Yeah, until you're seeing it with your own eyes. And go, oh my God, it is so big. The world is so big. And I've done a lot of traveling. Like I've traveled all over the world, right? I mean, I've been I've been to a few places. It, it, I mean, I'm not talking about Mexico. I'm talking about so you know South America, Europe, you know, all over the place. And <clears throat> When you go to those places, even like you you fly into a city, you don't you don't understand how yeah the world's huge. But to put it into perspective, it's like we were up there on top of that mountain. Like it felt like we were on top of the world. We were like on the top, the tallest peak in the area. Yeah, and you're overlooking 360 degrees of just vastness, vastness, and. You go oh if I tried to get to that other mountain over there, it's not going to take me an hour. It's going to take me days. Yeah. Days. Days of walking nonstop to get to where you would want to go. And it just brings me back. It puts everything into perspective. I'm like, you know, we get caught up in our own bubble. The internet, work, in your car, drive 60 miles in an hour. You know, your, your house you live in. And we feel like we're on top of the food chain. Yep. Then you get out into an area like that. Strip all of that away and get outside. And you'll see, you'll, it, 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 perspective humbles you real quick. You see people getting out of breath, getting out of their car, walking up a few flights of stairs to get in their house and they're out of breath. Yep. I mean, seriously, they're out of breath. And then you go, I just watched that deer. We spooked it and it beelined straight up that mountain, 300 yards, looked back at me and laughed. Yeah. Like nothing. Like nothing, you know? And here we are out there climbing mountains, huffing and puffing. And we're like, so not efficient. Yeah, we aren't. We're not efficient at all to be in environments like that. But you know, being up there, just like, like I said, it puts it all into perspective and it shows you like how small you really are. Yeah. That's the biggest thing from hunting season this year, 2018. I I would say that's one of them. Yeah. For me. Yeah. It, it put awesome. it into perspective. Right. I, I've actually got some photos of me and John on the other side of that that mountain that we're hanging out on, and it was really cool. It was amazing, and being out in the elements, it was it was a snow capped mountain that we were on yeah. top of. Try to roll some footage in. Yeah, I'll try to. I don't know if I have footage of us or being or at least the pics. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw the pictures up because yeah. it was awesome. It, it's awesome, but that that was one of the main take you know takeaways. Outside of seeing your face when yeah, you shot when that deer. I when I shot that deer and, and you know yeah. I mean that that's a close second but that that perspective on life it like hit me in the face when I was up there like boom man never forget it never that's awesome I'll never forget it 
But yeah, that sounds like a good time to wrap this sucker up. That's it, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, if you uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, please feel free to like us and rate us wherever you wherever you're listening or watching because hey we're we're putting some effort into it and we want to hear your feedback because hey somebody said uh that the audio wasn't very good so what did we do we changed our audio setup and hopefully this one is good it's a little better at least absolutely yeah so we love feedback we'll we'll take feedback any any anywhere any way it comes so yeah just send it in because we love doing this and we'll keep doing it absolutely but yeah 2018 season wrap up that's it it's done thank you guys so much for listening and we hope that you guys take the time to look back on your 2018 and also to figure out where you want to go in 2019 absolutely (laughs) with that thank you yeah thanks there you go brandon another one another one in the books that was a long one